Welcome to the Life Well-Lived Podcast. I'm Kayla Brandon, a holistic health coach and wellness enthusiast. I am absolutely obsessed with learning about people who live their most authentic lives. In this podcast, you'll hear stories about those who truly live a life well-lived and what they do mentally, spiritually, and physically to get there. Thanks so much for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump into your daily dose of practical advice on pursuing a life with purpose and passion. So this week you just have me. It's a solo episode. Um, If you know the podcast pretty well, you'll know that I don't really do these super often. I prefer to interview other people because I find them, you know, so much more interesting than anything I have to probably say. But as a working mom, I just felt something on my heart the past few weeks, especially, you know, entering the holiday season here. I just feel like there's so much pressure on moms. And then if you work outside of the home on top of that, it's even harder to balance your life. So I thought I would open it up to a Q&A um, to my fellow moms out there. Some of them are working outside the home. Some of them are not. It doesn't really matter. I think this can relate to you whatever season you are in in motherhood. Or if you're not a mom yet and you're wondering how you'll balance it all because I was constantly looking for podcasts like this when I wasn't even pregnant yet and I was just kind of trying to plan my future. So if that's you, I'm talking to you too um, to give you a little insight into my experience as a working mom um, of two, soon to be three. So I'll dive in with the first question. How can you go above and beyond for your kid's and your job, and how do you handle mom guilt? This is extremely difficult. So I think you just have to lower your expectations in both areas. And I'm not saying that you should not give it your all um, at your job and at home, but I think the things that you could do before kids, especially at work, you just not might not have the time for. Um, and that's not to say that you're not giving your employer or your work if you're an entrepreneur, everything that you have. But your energy is so limited um, once kids come into the picture, especially, you know, if you have more than one, one is a lot too. But I think the more that you have, the less energy that you have to expend on other things. So for me, this kind of looks like prioritizing work when I'm at work. And what I mean by that is trying my absolute hardest to be so laser focused when I'm at work that they get 150% of my energy, as much as I can give, especially while being pregnant and working. And then once that clock strikes five and I no longer have childcare, I I am literally taking care of dependents, meaning they are not able to go make their own dinner or go to the bathroom on their own. So once I don't have childcare, I can no longer work. And that is just the reality of my life. And I think that's a reality for a lot of working moms. That's when I focus just on my children. It will take kind of something like an emergency or really, really, really urgent issue for me to respond and hop back online during those, you know, five to 7.30 hours. But then once they go to bed, you know, I'll check back in. Um, I'm not a workaholic by any means, so I don't want this to sound like I am. But I always usually check my work phone to see what I missed because, you know, I work at a global company and I think a lot of us do in 2023. So the world, the work doesn't stop just because you're not working. And so I just check back in just to see what I missed. And then after that, like I shut down and I have my my own like hour to myself, like one glorious hour right in the evening and then I, I go to bed. So that's kind of how I go above and beyond in both areas. 
But I would say it's not even above and beyond. It's just like what I can give. So I give what I can give to each, you know, to each sector of my life, professionally and personally. And then I have to take that time to recharge at the end of the night because if I do not give myself time to unplug from work, I will not be a good mom and I will not be a good employee. But for me, being a good mom is number one. It always will be. I just I just feel like life changes when you become a mom. So you're never going to be able to go above and beyond in both areas at the same time. And of course, I think there's times in, in your professional life where you're going to be traveling maybe or you're going to be really laser focused on a project or a deadline and that's okay. As long as it doesn't happen too much, I think you're probably at the right company or with the right people. But if it happens, you know, pretty frequently, I would just recommend looking elsewhere because there's a lot of places that give you that quote unquote balance that you're looking for that do not require like round the clock working hours, you know, and and that's just not even feasible for for anyone outside of motherhood, really. So I would say, number one, lower your expectations <laughs> and be kind to yourself. And two, just try to be as focused as you can and intentional as you tan- can with your time wherever you're spending that. And I think that goes for a lot of things in life. Okay, second question. How did you know you were ready for baby number three? Um, This is difficult. So we always wanted three. That was like our magic number, like in a perfect world. If all of our wishes came true, three kids would be the the goal. And honestly, I I know a lot of people who say that and then they have one kid or two kids and they're like, I'm totally done. And I, if that is you, I get it because, and even one kid is hard. Like it, kids are just, they're hard. And it's not that they're challenging or I don't love being a mom, but it's just, they require so much physical and mental attention that it's, it's really hard to manage that if you're not ready for it or if you're, you know, if you don't want more, then like why have more, you know? So I'm not pressuring people to hit this, you know, number that I think is the right number for them. But for us, three felt like it was the perfect amount. So I'm trying to think, when were we ready? When my second was about nine months old, he started sleeping longer. (laughs) And that was great. It was a welcomed break from the constant wake-ups. We had a rough sleep go with... um. Our second, our first slept like a dream from day one. And honestly, babies are going to wake up in the middle of the night. So I don't expect us to have perfect sleep, but we just, we'd be waking up like every two hours for months on end, even into like his six to nine months of life. So that was really hard. And I think at that point I was like, I don't want to have any more, like I'm not sleeping. I can't give my best to Finn too, um, who's my oldest. And then once we sat down and kind of talked about the pros and the cons, which was, I mean, we did this pretty much every day for months on end. We decided that we'd rather have one more than regret not having one more. And that's just a really personal decision. Um, We also know that financially we are comfortable right now. Like daycare is extremely expensive. Kids are expensive in general. And inflation does not help with that, obviously. But at the end of the day, we could afford one more. And it doesn't mean we'd be comfortable financially with three but it means we could make it work for a few years on with that built in like paying for childcare and diapers and formula when that time comes after breastfeeding so these are all things to consider if you're wanting a third specifically because I think one most people can swing two it's like okay we're this is expensive and then once you hit three especially in this economy in the U.S. it does feel like you're kind of leveraged a little bit financially so but we didn't want finances to hold us back from having more kids and if that meant we didn't save as much for a year or two of our you know hopefully 80 to 90 year life that's totally fine by us but 
it's a really personal decision. And I understand there's a lot of privilege in that too, to be able to afford more than a certain amount of kids. I also recognize that some people would say, why, well, why wouldn't you just leave your job if you're paying so much for childcare? But for me, I think working, because this is kind of a working mom podcast episode, working makes me a better mom. Um, I have a a physical break from labor of like taking care of kids and I get to use my brain in just like such a different way in a way that I was I went to school for and I'm used to and it kind of recenters me just like prayer recenters me every morning and I I think that it's a personal decision for every woman but for me working is worth the expense of childcare. and do I think childcare should be this expensive no Absolutely not. And for our our international listeners, because I know we have more than a few, in the U.S., the average cost of childcare is just unrealistic for a lot of people. And a lot of people that work pay, you know, a majority of their salary to basically have someone care for their kids. And that's not fair and it's not right, but that's unfortunately the reality that we're living in. So... I'm sure we could learn a lot from other countries in how to make it more affordable for the average American family, especially in today's world. But I can't change politics aside from voting, of course, and getting involved politically. But I, I can't I can't change that. And a lot of moms can't change what's happening in our country. So I think you need to kind of sounds bad, but just accept the reality of where we are today and vote and and pray and hope that there are better options for our children, frankly, when they have to work and have kids, maybe they'll have a better setup for daycare or childcare in general. So that is kind of the gist of how we knew we were ready for number three. We looked at our finances. We talked about the life that we wanted in the future, not just today, um, because it's hard when you're in it. It's like really hard to think about adding one more because you're so tired and you're so spent. But I think if you use that little strategic mind that you have that you use at work and you think about it with your family, you'll have a lot more clarity because for you, you might be completely fine with one kid. And that is totally fine. If you can handle that and that's what you want your family to look like, go for it. I'm not pushing anyone to have more children just for the sake of, you know, your Thanksgiving table in 20 years. Because I think that is such that is such BS that people use that line on moms and especially working moms and they kind of guilt them into having more kids maybe when they don't want to. And that's not right. So I'm never going to use that um, as an example because it wasn't frankly at all a factor for us we didn't think about holidays we didn't think about thanksgiving we thought about our family dynamic and the legacy we wanted to leave on this earth which is through children and raising good humans and what's one more when we already have two incredible little boys and now we're having a third boy and now i am so blessed that i get to be able to shape that generation of men in not only how they treat women but also how they show up in the world and how they express vulnerability and how they protect others and stand up for injustices. Like there's so many things I get to do as a mom that frankly, I cannot do that at work. Like I can't leave that legacy no matter where I work. Even if I'm a CEO, that legacy is gonna be forgotten about someday. Like these are the only legacies that last and that was a huge motivating factor for us. Um, We just wanted one more. We felt like we could handle it financially. Doesn't mean we're gonna be comfortable and that's okay. And recognizing that the short-term sacrifice is worth the long-term gain. Okay, I feel like I've said enough about that. I'll get to the next question. How do you get motivated to work out while pregnant? I am too exhausted and nauseous. I'm sending you so much love (laughs) and strength because pregnancy is not for the faint of heart. It is so difficult. It's hard on your body. It's hard on your emotions. It's especially if it's your first pregnancy, you're experiencing something for the first time and it's totally scary and unknown. 
Um, I would say how to have motivation when you're exhausted and nauseous. First of all, if that's the phase of your pregnancy that you're in, accept it. Maybe adjust your expectations, kind of like I mentioned with the first question of just like lowering your expectations, which doesn't mean you're lazy. It just means you have a lot of grace for yourself and you understand that there's seasons in life and there's seasons where you can hit your personal best in the gym and hit all your fitness goals. And then there's seasons where you just want to maintain. And then there's also seasons like this where it's like you're just trying to hit the bare minimum requirements of feeling good mentally and physically. So like going for a walk or doing a really low impact workout for like 15 minutes. So I would say lower those expectations, number one. And number two, do what you can. Don't try to work out five, six days a week if you're exhausted and nauseous. Um, The thing that helped me with nausea when I was, gosh, now it feels like forever ago because I'm halfway through this pregnancy. But the first trimester was rough. And I think it is for a lot of women. Um, The nausea, I just would, honestly, I would just drink a cup of coffee in the morning first thing and then I would actually have to eat something like toast, crackers, a banana, something that like I could not or else I would feel like I was going to throw up and then I would work out. Whereas usually, which is what I'm doing now, I'll have a cup of coffee, fill up my water and then I'll go work out and I can I can work out on an empty stomach when I'm pregnant, but pretty much right after I work out, I'm eating. Mostly now um it's not necess- necessarily for nausea symptoms but it's for just general hunger because you know I am I am not necessarily eating for two because I think that's a myth but you're eating more because you have another human so you need to focus on like trying to get as much nutritious foods as you can throughout the day so you're not going to bed hungry because I think that's a lot of times when pregnant or not like if you go to bed hungry and you didn't get enough protein or carbs or fats throughout the day you're gonna binge on something. We want to make sure we're having balanced meals to keep our energy levels up. We're not depriving ourselves. We're not focused on, I mean, I don't count macros or calories or anything, but you're that now is not the time for that in my opinion. If it works for you, that's great. I focus on balancing my plate, making sure I'm getting especially especially protein for a growing mom and a growing baby, but also carbs are abundant <laughs> as always, but especially when you're pregnant, you need that energy and healthy fats like avocado and chia seeds and walnuts and all these other things like you need to have a balanced plate in order to have more energy. So if you're feeling exhausted, I think that is just pregnancy in general. But I would also look at what you're eating. And if you're in the first trimester and you're way too nauseous to eat protein and fats, I'm not sitting here and telling you to do that. I'm just saying if you can sneak it in, like if you can have a smoothie and a smoothie goes down well, maybe add a scoop of protein powder and some almond butter or some chia seeds. And uh, I didn't think I would get into nutrition for this, but I do think food does play a role in how your energy levels are when you're pregnant so if you're eating a lot of refined stuff because it's maybe it's your first trimester and you're nauseous and you can't eat anything else just recognize that's okay and you will get your appetite back eventually it's a short season but you have to kind of adjust where you're at so I hope I answered your question I know that was a little all over the place um the next one as a working mom how do you find time to still be yourself um I think it's because I work um not that my identity is tied up in what I do for a living because it certainly is not the case if you know me in my personal life, you know that I'm, I love my job. I love my teammates. I have had a great career at the company I've been at for almost six years. I've just really enjoyed it. And I've, I mean, I've had a career before that too, especially in journalism. But um, working in corporate communications has taught me a lot. And I didn't think I would like it as much as I do. And I think that's where I find, it sounds bad, like time to be myself. But outside of like just working, I don't really have a lot of time for myself. I have to wake up. If you follow me on Instagram, you know I'm, I'm like, you know, hitting the home gym at 5 a.m. almost 
every day. I mean, in pregnancy, I definitely have slept in more, which is not sleeping in to most people because I have two kids. <laughs> but I'll do like a lunch break workout instead. You know, it's you you have to adjust um, where you can if you're lucky enough to work remotely or have a flexible schedule. Really, I have to make time for myself in like the margins of my day, like from 5 a.m., 4.30 to like 6.30 a.m. and then from 7.30 to like 9 p.m. Those are my windows. And I have been gracious enough to be surrounded by women who are moms to older children and they have said you know I miss those days like it goes by fast so I feel like I'm also in a season where I'm just so grateful for every little thing even being pregnant even working full-time and having two kids and like I'm so tired I really am and it's not even just the pregnancy it's just being a mom you know and a working mom but I know that one day I'll look back and I will miss these days so that really motivates me to show up where I can and show up with all that energy for those people, whether it's work or at home or my kids or whatever. And then show as much energy to my work and my kids and my family and friends as I do to myself. So this next one kind of breaks my heart a little bit because we can all relate to it if you're a working mom. But it's how do you find balance with your corporate job and all things like doctor's appointments, school, etc. I feel like I'm constantly missing work and I need to catch up. I think if you have an understanding team and especially an understanding manager you're not going to feel this pressure as much because you'll be able to catch up on things when you get home when you get back to your normal life after your kid is back in school and I realize a lot of these questions address like things like childcare, like daycare or preschool but there are people who have nannies too and what if your nanny is sick you know and then you don't have childcare and you don't live near family I, f- I definitely feel all of these issues but I think having number one clear boundaries and clear expectations with your team is really important. Communicating to them early and often, hey, my kid is sick. These are my hours for the day. They take a nap at this time. I can fully attend all of these meetings. I can catch up on on all my work. I can give you a call back at this time. But you have to have that understanding going into the day or else I think that's where people get into like issues with work is when they're just trying to like make it all work and not tell anyone. And this just goes back to having a really understanding team and having a good company culture. So if the company you're at is not understanding the demands that you have as a working mom, then I would find yourself another company or work for yourself or do something different. Because at the end of the day, your kids come first. And and that is something that I think a lot of people are understanding now that maybe they didn't understand prior to COVID. I can't speak to that because I didn't have kids until COVID. Um, But I I do think COVID really changed the game for working moms and kind of people across the board who have different life situations. I'm hoping for you that you can express those boundaries and also have an understanding team because I think those two things are really, really important. Okay, this is the last question and it's not necessarily related to work, but I think it's something that a lot of people uh, talk about is like the balancing the transition from one to two kids. Um, And this question specifically asked how we manage nap schedules when both kids need naps at the same time. And honestly, you just kind of have to tag team it. Um, If you're lucky enough to have a spouse that's on parental leave at the same time as you, or maybe you have a caregiver in your life that can help out when they both need naps at the same time, that might be a good transition for you. But for us... It was really just one person taking one and the other taking the other and putting them down for naps. Now, if you're by yourself, which I have done this numerous times, and you need to put down your both your kids down for a nap at the same time, and they're pretty close in age, which I'm assuming um, that they are just based on the person that sent this in, you're going to have to put down the newborn or the youngest first 
because usually, and I'm not trying to say that all, you know, newborns or infants are easy. Um, Our experience obviously wasn't that case, wasn't the case at all for us. But I will say that it's, I think it's easier to put down a younger child for a nap versus an older one first because the older one might have a routine. Like maybe they want you to read three to five books and then pick out their stuffed animal. Like it's going to take longer. So just for the safety of the the younger child, I would probably put them down first and then maybe, you know, set up an activity for your oldest to do while you're putting that kid down for a nap. Um, and then you can obviously put down your toddler after that. And then hopefully, knock on wood, you have a little time in your day to maybe take a nap yourself or catch up on, you know, all the text messages and the things that people have been sending you because you haven't been near your phone or read or relax or do the dishes, like whatever you want to do. But that's what I would recommend. And that is probably what we'll continue to do when we have the third is we'll put down the the newborn first to make sure that he is all settled. And then we'll start getting to work on like the nap time routine for the oldest or the the older two, I should say. So That is the final question for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening and for everyone who wrote in. Feel free to reach out to me. Um, I love talking about motherhood and especially working motherhood. I think it's such a strong community and I think every mom, whether they work outside the home or not, is a rock star. So if that's you, I'm sending so much love to you and light this, especially during the holiday season when so much pressure is put on moms. So Thanks again for tuning in and I'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Kayla underscore underscore Brandon. Thanks again and I'll see you next time.